Good morning. Welcome to Podcast and Coffee. It is Friday. It is heaven only. Is it Friday? Is it April? Who knows what it is right now? No, I'm going to do a check-in for you and let you guys know it is Friday. It is April 24th. Um, and we are doing Podcast and Coffee uh, live Zoom <laughs> with our podcast studio partner, A Shared Universe. Um, and we have Tim Davis from Intercounty Mortgage here as our guest, as our co-host today. Sorry, Tim. Oh, I'm a guest too. You, no, you're not a guest today. You're co-hosting today. Okay. Um, and our guest is Randy Pollikins from um, Friedman LLP. So uh, Randy's really funny. You know, he's a CPA, but he's actually very, very funny. I, I say, but I know a lot of funny CPAs. I think that gets a bad rap. Um, no, no pressure. No, no. Um, but so he wrote the best introduction for today. So I'm going to say it really quick because it's funny. Live broadcasting from dining rooms and kitchen tables throughout Monmouth and Ocean County. It's the highly outrageous, never contagious EMAC podcast and coffee, which I loved. And the part about this is it's a bummer. I can't hear everybody laugh in the studio with me because I'm by myself and my dog is not laughing. So anyway. Um, we wanted to just hope everybody's feeling okay, um, and we wanted to let you know what the chamber's been up to. Um, you guys are going to have to make some kind of noise in my background because I can't hear anything. Um, <laughs> so uh, the chamber has done a lot of what is recommended during this time is when you don't have, when you're not as busy or you're doing different things right now while you're working remotely. You might find yourself with a little extra time. You're not computing, commuting. You can't go to the gym. Um, so spend a little time working on your business. And that's what the chamber's been doing. We've been doing a lot of enhancements to our website. Um, and it serves us to catch up, but it also is serving everybody else. We've got a whole news page now where all the updates we get from our various members um, who are experts in their field from the state chamber. All of the updates of what's going on business related is now on our webpage. We are going to be launching something called Hot Deals where you'll be able to click and see what deals our members have or what, and, and you know, for this time, it may not even be deals. It may be what hours our members are open if they're retail related, if they're, um, or if there's special services being offered that a company normally didn't do that's doing now. We're gonna put that up in Hot Deals. So there'll be a way to see a lot more information um, there already is. And then there's a way to see a lot more. We have our members are able to go in now and do enhanced um, profiles. You can have a video, you can have bullet points, you can have the bullet points can hook directly to certain pages on your website. Um, we've tried to make it as full of information for you all to get out, for members to get out, so that more people when they go to the directory to look up businesses can see that. Um, and we you know, we're, we're trying to do the best to help promote our businesses, our members as best we can. Um, we've also One of the things you really got to go and talk about with that is, you know, unfortunately we, we don't have the advantage of our typical face-to-face uh, -face meetings. And the time that we've spent or that we have that we're not doing that, it's time to invest that into your social media presence into completing these profiles and getting that information out. Now, a lot of people are at home and kind of just, you know, what do we do next? What do we do next? How can I be ready for when we relaunch, when we come back out of this? And you have to do what you can now and take advantage of this stuff now, because when we, when we relaunch, everything's going to be going kind of crazy. If you're not ready to go forward, if you haven't been doing what you're supposed to be doing while you're sitting at home, for those of us that are sitting at home, a lot of us are not, are, are not just sitting at home. There's, you know, lots of going on, but this is the time to be investing into your future because you can't go out and do the things that, that have been making you money in the past. Reach out to people here on the chamber. That's what we're here for. Let us know what your needs are. Let us know if you need help getting your profile set up. Um, when we come back out of this, within the marketing committee, we spent a lot of time and effort in trying to figure out how we're going to be a support arm for you. Co-branding, co-advertising, uh, 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 co so that we can help your brand stand out both within the chamber and publicly. 
Yeah, we've um, we've spent a lot of time talking about that. We spent a lot of time putting um, and continue to put time into creating programs and um, ways to connect. Um, some of the other things we're doing is twice a week, Mondays at 1130 and Thursdays at four, we have um, what we call EMAC connections. We, our marketing team had done, you know, all the planning you do, our marketing team had done a really um, big, big push for our new tagline was EMAC connections and, um, you know, wanting people to be able to make face-to-face. So the way we're doing face-to-face without physically being face-to-face is we're using Zoom and we're doing meetings Mondays at 1130 and Thursdays at four, bringing different subjects. Um, We've had accountants, we're having HR on Monday. Um, We're having somebody, a photographer actually on Thursday who has done some really unique marketing opportunities when photo shoots and photography is not necessarily something that's an, it's not an essential business. Um, it's definitely something that's difficult to do when you're not working up close with someone. So Elise is going to be on talking about that. Um, we have so many of our members who are, are knowledgeable and want to share their information. And this is and, and non-members that we're calling on as well to come and, and make connections with people and help everybody in every way we can. So um, that's kind of, am I missing anything, Tim? What else are we doing? Well, we express a lot of what we're doing, but also what, what, we, what we're trying to be right now is a resource for everybody out there. So when you go to these pages that Jen's just talked about, these resources are us gathering information from a number of different sources and trying to put them in a single place for you to look at. So definitely take advantage of going to look at that stuff. Pretty much anything that's coming out of the state and local government that comes to us is being posted there. And a lot of that stuff is coming to us. But other resources that you really should be paying attention to right now um, is the State Chamber of Commerce, who is uh, doing a great job in culminating all of this information. Um, SCORE, uh, the uh, local retired business people that are here to support you, um, have been putting on a number of different programs and you can reach out to them. And right now might be a good time to, to become a, a SCORE member and try to get some assistance from them. Um, it's a good organization to, to work with. Um, the other chambers in the area are, are doing a lot to, to help everybody out. Uh, one of the things that we were, were trying to do was, you know, get a list of who's open and who's not open. Um, and unfortunately, a lot of other people are doing a good job of it. But if you're open, reach out to a couple of these places and make sure that you're listed because I'm personally having a very tough time finding who's open um, in, in my area. And initially they did a really good job, but now it's not so much. So let people know that you're active, that you're, that you're still working. Um, if you, if, if you're open. Um, the other thing is right now with, uh, with the, the downturn, a lot of people are getting laid off and you know, there's going to be a lot of people that don't go back to work. And in my business, that's very, you know, very nerve wracking because I got people trying to refinance and, you know, they're, they're laid off now. Are they actually going back to work or are they trying to buy a house? So that's, it's something that's very worrisome, but those people, you know, unfortunately a lot of companies have to make some tough decisions and, and some are saying we're laying you off, but that you're not coming back. So there's going to be a lot of people out there looking for work. And we've come up with a little program to help those people. If you want to go into that a little bit, Jen. Um, So we are going to be opening on our website, a job listings page. So you can find um, jobs that are available. Um, Members can post job listings and, um, you know, we're going to be, that's going to be a big thing going forward. We're also working on a program to allow um, unemployed people to become members of the chamber at a much reduced rate while they're looking for a job so that they can make the connections um, when things open back up and have us as a resource to help them um, as well. So that that look for information coming out on that shortly. Um, and uh, also for, for our current membership, you know, very uncertain time for a lot of for a lot of them too, and um, I think that this is a go. Right? Do we have to go any further with approval on that? Uh, no, I think we're good. Go ahead. If you say it, you're you're in a, you're 
vice chair. If you say it, go right ahead, Tim. So we've, we've been talking about that there, there are a number of people that are, are going to hit some tough times, like I was just saying. And, you know, typically when you leave a job that's part of the chamber, you're leaving the chamber as well. Um, we've decided that anybody who's been an active member, um, you know, it's not like every person in your organization, but if you've been an active member, if you're one of the people listed on the website and you are laid off or let go from that company, we will extend your membership individually for six months so that you can continue to be a part of the group. If you're part of committees, if you're part of the, you know, it's, it's just our family for a lot of things. And it really is a tough time if you lose your job that you've got to move on and, you know, either pony up the money to, to join the group on your own and who really has that when they first unemployed or, you know, just stop being a part of it. So anybody who does lose their job from an active membership will have six months extended. And you know what, if, if you, we, what we're saying here is whatever is going to happen with our members, we're going to stand behind them and stand beside them. Yeah, and be here for them, which is awesome. So um, I think that covers our chamber business. Who wants to hear about us? Go to our website. It's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, just a little bit more. We're, we're coming up with our, our uh, advertising packages for 2021. And, you know, I'm going to start talking about it now because uh, it's going because to take a little baby. bit of time. What? It's your baby. That's why you're, you're starting to you're talking about it now because it's your baby. It's my baby, and, and I think it's a very important thing to start talking about. So when um, in, the more we start talking about it and figure out how to talk about it, the better we're going to do when it actually goes live. <laughs> so thank you all for being our guinea pigs. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so the marketing packages are coming out. They're going to be introduced in, at the June board meeting, and um, there are some, some awesome things happening. And we are absolutely taking into account what our world may look like. Who knows? We're, we're trying to guess, but we got to get, get ahead of the curve here. So they're going to be coming out in June. They're going to be uh, really between co-op advertising and um, the, the things we're going to try to do to help our businesses grow. Uh, it's a really exciting next six months for our chamber. 2021 is really looking up to be an amazing thing where we have a full-on multi-hour board retreat happening in June where we're going to figure out what 2021 is actually going to look like and get the full board involved in this. Really exciting times to be part of this chamber. Yeah, it is. It's awesome. So with that, one of our recent members who's been very involved since the day since day one is our guest today. Yeah, I was wondering who that other face was up there. Yeah. <laughs> the smiling face in the cor in the left-hand corner is... <laughs> Live from living rooms and bathrooms everywhere. <laughs> but the bathrooms! Oh, well, I went the wrong way. <laughs> we have Randy That's why I'll never be a stand-up comedian. <laughs> yeah, you and me both. Um, we have Randy Pollikins from Friedman, LLP. And... Uh, um, we're going to turn it over to him because he's going to do a lot of it. He's going to do his own introduction. A man who needs no introduction from us can do his own. So <laughs> welcome, Randy. Good, good morning, everybody. And um, thank you for having me. Um, I'd like to uh, let everybody down, but we stole Scott Shannon's weekend blast off. So the good news is the weekend is almost here. The bad news is you're going to be listening to a CPA speak, which is rather painful. And the worst news is you're listening to me. Um, <laughs> But let me, let me introduce my firm. My, my firm, Friedman LLP, is usually ranked 37th in the United States and, and, and considered a large regional accounting firm. We have offices in New York City, Long Island, Philadelphia, throughout New Jersey, and Beijing, China. Uh, I'm the partner in charge of our newest office, which we opened up six months ago in the gallery in Red Bank, which is our expansion in our first office in Monmouth and Ocean County. Um, so we are... Uh, looking to, to help all of our members of the uh, business community in Eastern Monmouth. And uh, from my perspective, uh, I'm home. I was born in Riverview Hospital. I grew up in Middletown, graduated Rutgers, and have worked in Red Bank, and now I'm back. And I'm looking to um, do whatever I can to help all of us be successful. And now that we have it six months into my tenure, you know, a COVID once in a while, you know, first time ever situation, it's been a little- You're not only back home, but you're locked at home. 
Yes. <laughs> yes. And, and I will tell you, I absolutely um, am missing my routine. I miss the weekend blast off. I miss the lake with blue claws. I miss my coffee and buttered roll as I'm driving into the office. <laughs> the world is going to come back. I plan to share some thoughts about, you know, history, which is guiding our leaders in Washington, how we can apply as business owners that the history and guidance and perspective and how we need to think through and plan our recovery. Um, the, the, the saying is chance favors the prepared mind, but in today's time, recovery favors the prepared mind, which feeds into what Tim was talking about earlier, is that now is the time you plan your recovery. So I'll be talking briefly about strategies, concepts, and ideas that will help you in the next steps as we reopen this. I'm not going to drill down to specific guidance because every company's business, every structure is different. But I want you just simply to have some thoughts and some thinking to try to, to uh, you get the steam started working up in your boilers as we, as we move forward. Um, everything you hear today is in flux. And yesterday, Congress passed yet another stimulus package. So the PPP loan is now going to be funded with another $320 billion. That's important because they ran out of money at the beginning of the week or last week. So those of you who weren't funded or didn't get your, your applications in, you might want to do so now before that tranche gets used up. We don't know if it'll be funded again for a third time, but we'll talk about some of the stimulus packages. And information is evolving. If we look at the timelines, even the timelines of when this started are in flux. And so Things that are, we think are true today and things may, that may be going on today may be different in a few weeks. So, again, pay attention. Most importantly, don't make permanent decisions for what might be temporary pieces of information or temporary crisis. We'll talk about more about what that is throughout the program, but there's a lot of good things going on that will help you, your business, your community, and your employees to help us get through this and reopen the country and hopefully get back to the economy or something you know, resembling the economy that we had at the end of 19 and through January and basically February of this year. So we did title this, you and I were talking and we did title today's um, subject as, do not make long-term decisions in times of crisis. And one of the first memes I saw when this came was some picture of some woman with her ha hair cut like crooked here, long one piece, short another piece. And I was like, okay, yeah, do not decide to do things when you're in a crisis because that is the worst time to make a You can decide to do something like I'm going to decide that I'm in this crisis and I'm going to work out every day or I'm going to relax every night with a drink, or you, know, you can decide to do, you can decide to fix your profile at the chamber. That is a really good idea and decision to make in a time of crisis. However, those are short-term decisions. We don't want to make long-term decisions. We're not trying to, to make career changes right now. No. <laughs> no, not, not, not only we're not trying to make career changes, but certainly you want to not do anything that's going to derail you going forward. And, and the hair example is great. Yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> is a respiratory illness. So people's hair is going to continue to grow. Roots are going to show, you know. So the bottom line is certain service organizations that are in desperately, that are, are in need all the time will come back. Yes. Cutting your own hair, probably not the best strategy. Well, unless you're me. Well, oh, yeah, and I tried, and that's why my bangs look so bad today because they're like <laughs> – so, so in, in, in preparing your recovery, um, go back to some of your basics. Um, there's a lot of aid packages. There's money. To put it in perspective, the, I, the Congress has already passed between the first stimulus bill, the CARES Act, and the one they passed last night, which will probably be signed today, I think, by the president, two and a half trillion dollars. And that was only three weeks ago that they actually passed the law. The Federal Reserve is passing, is signaled willingness to lend another $2.3 trillion into the economy on very favorable terms for business. What does that mean for you? It means that 
the Congress and the government, one way or the other, is going to in inject about one quarter of the entire United States GDP into the economy over the coming few months. Now, unemployment's going to go up. It's going to go from what it was nearly 3% to perhaps as high as 20% before things start to turn to normal. That's not good, and that's painful. I'm not, not going to pretend that it's not. But that means 80% of the people are still working. So when you think about the amount of money that is just starting to hit the economy, it hasn't had a chance to cycle yet. The stimulus checks just got deposited. You know, the PPP loans were just funded. It takes time for those funds to cycle through the economy. And if you remember FDR's priming the pump in the Great Depression, that's exactly the stage we're at now. So while we don't feel it yet, there is a, there is a I hate to say tsunami of money coming that our businesses and our clients should put ourselves in a position to benefit from that, to take advantage of all of the programs, whether they be grants like the semi grants, like the PPP program or loan programs from the federal reserve or a combination of both. And the idea is start thinking now and planning now as to how the best way to use those funds. We'll talk about that a little bit later on, but um, you know, most contractors will tell you measure twice, cut once. And early in my career, I did private placement memoranda. And I did that because we wanted to make sure that we had enough money as we were building a project. And if we didn't have enough money, how were we going to get the money in order to build the project? And a simple rule, and we did it weekly or sometimes monthly, not annually, because my boss would say if there's, a Z, if there's a negative number in the cash at the end of each period, we have a problem. Let's fix it. So what I'm suggesting to our clients now and our, and our members is do the same thing. Look at your business. It's not just saying I'm going to get a, you know, X number of amounts of revenue. If you deliver your product today, but it takes you two or three months to collect, are you really going to collect the cash two or three months from now? And what are you going to do for the next three months in terms of payroll and others? The programs for the government are meant to help alleviate those cash flow concerns for you so you can open. But using it properly is up to you and, and your advisors. So lay out the monthly, the weekly cash flow. You know your utilities are due by the 10th of the month. Your payrolls are due this and that. Maybe schedule it out to make sure that you have the funds to open. And if you don't, see what else is available to you in order to create the liquidity which is the lifeblood of any business in order to keep the lights on. Um, you, you ready for a question? Yes. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm so busy taking notes to Tim. I didn't pick up anything necessarily. Like I usually I'm like really good. I'm listening. And then I'll say, Oh, but I had a question on this. And then I had a question on that. Um, what is the difference? I know there's a, we said there's so much information out there. What's the difference between information and knowledge? Um, everything. My, my daughter, one of my daughter is, one of my daughters is in pharmacy school. And she has a t-shirt that says your um, Google search or WebMD search is no substitute for my pharmacy degree. So the idea is that the, inf the internet is a great source of information and data. It's not a source of knowledge. And the internet doesn't think. It simply gives you back information, but without any concept, without any context. And knowledge is what helps entrepreneurs be successful. And so, as I was listening to Neil deGrasse Tyson, who's the physicist who's all over the internet, and the master classes, because I have some downtime myself, uh, he talks about the confirmation bias of getting information from the same place over and over again. And it talks about how it simply repeats what you want to hear. Well, that's not what you need to hear as a business owner. You need to hear the contra information, the stuff that doesn't confirm your bias. What's confirmation bias? Do you ever buy a new car and you suddenly realize that everybody, there's a, a jillion of those cars on the road yep. before you made the decision. But all of a sudden you start seeing them and that confirms that, oh, this was a good idea to buy this car or this particular model. 
It's confirmation bias. As a business owner, and I think not to interrupt you though, I think that's something that that is very very common. And I guess the, another way to look at it is you always change tune tune in to the same news channel. I was thinking the same thing because they're going to tell you what you want to hear that you're you're confirming your thought process. Sorry, sorry to interrupt you on that, but right, so you so you should be watching CNN and Fox to get both sides. And right. frankly, I I do. <laughs> that I do. That's that awesome. And, and others because I don't want to be, I don't want to risk my business. I don't want to risk what's my biggest asset on biased or half information or half truths. Because if I'm wrong, not only do I suffer, but the families who depend on the business suffer too. So we need to, I want to, I want to remind everybody, expand your horizons and don't be afraid to look at uh, sources of information and guidance that are different from maybe your your normal thing. That's the difference between information and, and bias. And if you want to have a fun experiment today about how the internet works, go shopping. Go shopping for something that you've never used on one of your devices <laughs> online. Don't have to buy it. No, I don't want to do that. It's scary. <laughs> go look. If you've never looked for a BMW, go look on the online for a BMW or, or a travel destination. And then notice all the advertisements that pop up on your Yahoo page related to what you were just searching for. That's confirmation. Because the internet's saying, here, here's this, here's this, here's this. And the bottom line is you can get inundated with information that may be interesting, but not terribly useful. And what we want to do today is with all of the stimulus packages available to us, not waste the opportunity by acting on incomplete or biased information you know, that we need. So that's the difference between information and knowledge. So can I add something to that? Because you just mentioned all the, the stimulus packages and all of that, and there's so much information out there. How do you so make I, sense of it all? What? How do you make sense of it all? Like, um, Well, you. I think you have to then go to someone who has the knowledge. So you have the information and you know what you need to know about. So then you go to the people with the knowledge. You go to your accountant, you go to your banker, you go to the SBA. Um, we have a great connection with the um, Mammoth Ocean Small Business Development Center at Brookdale. Um, you reach out to them. They have been you know, instructed by the SBA on all of these things that are coming up. SCORE is another good one. So you go to a resource that has the knowledge um, based on the information you're reading. I think you guys agree with that? Like that's a, the yeah. best plan for it. A absolutely. Um, none of us have been through this. All of us have a different history that got us to this point. And because we don't know exactly how this is going to work, we've never shut the economy down overnight. And certainly opening it up overnight is going to be even harder because of you know, the stages of supply chains and supply chain management, cash flow and others. Talk to other people who may have had you know, shutdowns that maybe not were for the same reasons, but were shutdowns nonetheless. They may give you some guidance and tips you know, to, to help you make you know, pr you know, prudent, but not necessarily permanent decisions. I don't think it's a, a, a fault of leadership to keep all of your options open. I think it's a sign of wisdom and strength uh, by making rash decisions, you know, that, that foreclose you from doing something. I think you're, you're setting yourself up. A, a, a former uh, boss of mine said, you know, make a decision. If it turns out to be a good decision, then move on to the next decision. Don't agonize over the decision where you do nothing. It's called analysis paralysis. And if you make a bad decision, that's okay too. Just make another one and keep making decisions until you get to the right decision. And we're going to have a lot of that. Our clients, all of us for, on our personal finances, on our business finances, on our communities. And the idea is just keep making the decisions as you can move the ball along. Don't go all in on one of them because if it is wrong, it could be catastrophic. But by doing that, by listening to people, I think you're setting yourself up for a good recovery, a strong recovery, maybe even prosperity for your business after the dust settles because things are going to be different, but 
Some businesses may take this time to, you know, do the things they didn't get to for the last 10 years. Right. Really set themselves up. And that's what I'm asking. What I'm asking all everybody to do. This is, this is time that is not wasted. This is time that should be invested. And, and, you know, on that, on that note, it's the majority of wealth in this country is generated during times of downturn. So if you think there's nothing that you can gain by working right now and working hard in planning and, you know, being involved in your business, in your job, whether you're being paid or not, if you're, you know, if, if you're not working, you should be educating yourself, taking online courses, stuff like that to promote yourself. Because this is when you can, like Randy was just saying, this is when you can make an investment and it's, there's nothing else you can do. You might as well invest in yourself, invest in your business, invest in what's going to happen when you get out of this. And look, I've been binge watching some shows on Netflix. I got to tell you, I've learned a whole new way of doing things. But I'm also trying to do things like watch Masterclass, you know, with Neil deGrasse and others. Because while I do like to let my mind, you know, wander and stuff, I am trying to, even though I'm working, you know, all the time, still take the time to improve, get perspective on things um, so that I become a better advisor for me, our clients, my firm, you know, and, and my kids. Um, so invest now. You, you shouldn't use this as a vacation. You should use it as a, as a just a different venue for your work. I've, um, You're going to need a vacation after this. This is not a vacation. I think people are going to need vacations after this to get out, clear their brains and take a break from the stress and everything. So I think, you know, work really hard right now because now's when you've got the time to do those extra things. One of the things that I've been saying is that, I, you know, when this is all over and, and things are back to normal, the thing that I would hate most is that everything's back exactly the way it was before it started. If I'm not improving my business, my environment, my relationships, all this time, I'm just sitting and watching TV, that would be, that would be the biggest, cruelest hoax that ever could happen. Right. Yeah, I agree. I yeah. definitely agree. And um, I like the way you said working on relationships because a lot of people, and we're so going off your topic, Randy, I'm sorry, but That's okay. a, lot of, a lot of people, you know, are, we're in such a unique situation where we're getting so much family time with so many people being home with us. So it's a good time to take an extra hour to work on family relationships, but you can also be working on your friendship relationships. You can do zoom conferences with your friends. You can check in and converse with clients or potential clients, or you can still be doing that. You don't have to sell you, you know, if you're hesitant about selling to make money during this time, it's still time to work on relationships. And that's, it's awesome to say that, Tim, because you work on all different types of relationships, I think. I mean, people go to their, buy products and services from people they trust and they like. So, you know, at some point, you know, if people like you and they trust you, you will eventually have business mm -hmm. from them or with them or to them. Right. If you simply look at everything as a sales opportunity, you're, you're, you're going to be looked at as not somebody who's a friend and colleague and a business associate. You're going to be looked at somebody who's simply trying to you know, take advantage. So the relationships are key and yeah. people know who you are and what you are is, is going to be one of the strongest things you can do to you know, merge out the other side. Um, so we have heard a lot about, um, you know, that we haven't had a pandemic like this since 1812. No, the Spanish. 1918. That's it. I know, those 18s, 19s, they get all confused in my head. Um, you know, we haven't had, there's been a lot of things, like we have, we've had recessions. We had the Great Depression, um, which you and I were talking before this, just a kind of exciting point is that the chamber started. Our chamber is the oldest chamber in the area. We started in June of 1928, before the Great Depression in 1929, and managed to stay and grow and help businesses for the last 92 years. So we're still going to be here through this one. Um, you were telling me that you guys have a similar background in your company. 
So if you want to talk about that a little bit, but also talk about, um, you know, I keep, you mentioned FDR, you mentioned different things. What history has a huge, huge part in what we're learning, what we've done. And can you talk about that a little bit? Sure. Um, Friedman's traces its roots to 1924. So similar to the, um, to the chamber, we've been through the roaring twenties. We've been through the great depression, world war II, the Korean war, the space race, the arms race, the Cuban missile crisis, assassinations, riots, oil lines, hyperinflation, the eighties, the nineties, the millennium, Y2K. We've been through a lot and that gives you perspective. And why do I say perspective? When I was listening and reading about the various stimulus packages as they were being created, thought through, um, I was reminded of the Great Depression. Um, and the Great Depression was not a single event. It was a series of re recessions and recoveries that weren't robust. It was 11 years of, of misery. There was better years in there, but it still wasn't good. And one of the advantages we have is we can go back and look at the Great Depression and, and our leaders can say, well, what worked? Now, most of us don't have conscious memories of the Great Depression. We know it from <laughs> history class. We know it from our uh, maybe movies. Maybe we know it from talking to our grandparents, but we don't have conscious memories. But we do have conscious memories from the financial crisis of 2008 and 2009. Why is this important? Um, the Great Depression largely happened um, for a lot of reasons, but one of the biggest ones was the complete freezing of the banking and, and, and finance systems. And we didn't have the FDIC. You had runs on the bank and you had people's lives and businesses wiped out because the banks failed and the banks closed. You want to watch Netflix? Go watch, you know, It's a Wonderful Life with Jimmy Stewart. Look at what happened when they had to run on the bank. Now, that tells us a couple things. It tells us what happened. But it also shows that if we all work together, think of that speech when they had the run where he was talking to his people about the only need $2 to get you through next week. That's the kind of stuff we're going to all have to do in one, one way, shape, or form in order to get through this. Going back to the finance system, most economists will tell you the only thing that got us out of, world, of the Great Depression was World War II and building the arsenal for democracy was what created a the end of the depression, but then springboarded us into the 50s and 60s in the times of the American century. So the depression is in the past. The finance system froze. So what happened in 2008? Chairman Bernanke, who studied the depression and all of the sources said, we cannot let the banking system freeze. We cannot let banks get locked up. And they used all of the tools they could you know, such as enhancing the FDIC, such as, you know, shoring up banks. And people can criticize what they did, but at the time they did an awful lot of money to make sure the financial system didn't freeze up. Well, it worked. What they realized, and, and Neil Kashkari, who's the Fed chair of uh, Minnesota, said they realized in 2008 and 9, while that stuff worked and it was bold at the time, they still act in, the government and the agencies acted in measured in somewhat timid tones and didn't make enough allowances to keep people associated with an employer, such that the employment did not return for quite a long time. And he said, we're not going to do that again. So what did you get? You got the CARES Act and the PPP loan, which is the thing that's going to affect our, client, our, our members the most. It's basically free money if it's used for payroll from the, from the IRS. Tax-free, it's just an infusion of capital. It's to prime the pumps to give the businesses. And then, and the government is, you know, $2 trillion, now two and a half trillion. That amount of support, we know it worked because it forestalled what could have been a repeat of the Great Depression, but now they've enhanced it by working to make sure workers continue to work and unemployment is continuing to be paid. That's a lesson from history that's being applied for today. We don't know if it's going to work yet because it's only starting to hit the economy. I said that before, but I can't emphasize it enough. It's a little too early. So we're seeing that, that they're trying to do different things. They're kicking, using what worked, jettisoning, jettisoning what didn't work, and trying new things. 
And now we know the Federal Reserve is going to do another $2.3 trillion of lending to Main Street. What does this mean to you? Take advantage of any of those liquidities you can. The PPE loans, you know, the one that most people are talking about. But the Main Street lending program for the Federal Reserve, it's going to be very, probably on very good commercial terms. And if you take the money and have the loan available to you, you can always pay it back. But as we're ramping up our business and your receivables go from a 30-day collection cycle to a 90-day, you may need a lot more cash than you're accustomed with, than you're accustomed to needing in order to make your payrolls, pay your suppliers and get yourself ramped up while your customers. And you may have to work a little more closely with your customers and suppliers. You know, it's, we're all, we are all listening together. And again, go watch the movie. It's a fun movie. Granted, it's March, it's April, so it's either early, very early, or very late. But the perfect. There's it's, there's never a bad time for a Christmas movie. Exactly. Never. So what you're saying is that's what we're going to have to do. But the government is also giving us a lot of tools to do it. Well, I think one of the other things that you might want to keep in account. I mean, I listen. My my business cycle is probably about six months from the time I first start talking to somebody until I close a deal and get paid on it. Um, so I'm, I'm you know if if I don't have something going on right now, you know, I'm getting paid very well this week, this month, this week. September is when I'm going to, you know, I'm going to be in real trouble, you know, if I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Uh, on the other hand, though, is one of the things that we're going to have to keep really in mind. And I was at, at a bike shop yesterday, I'm just getting apart, and there was another customer there as we huddled around the, the back door because we can't go in. Um, he says, so what deals do you have right now on bikes? And the bike shop owner looked at him and was like, why would there be a deal on bikes right now? The factory's closed. It's going to take them months to get reopened, to get all the parts back in. So what bikes are out here now are the bikes that are going to be here for the next four months. So why would they sell them off? This is like valuable inventory at this point. And it just made me realize that's going to be worldwide where – you know, even if we get people back to work, that supply chain has to fill up because it's completely emptied out. And that, that's going to be a huge deal coming into the summer, you know, but the cars and planes and, you know, the entire economy. So I think it will get, you know, it's going to have to be a slow start because we got to fill the supply chain first. And then, like you said, even more importantly, you know, those receivables, everybody's working, you'll have spent all the money that you have coming in from your business. And I think we talked about this with the chamber as well. You know, our bank account looked okay, but, you know, we're not going to have any money coming in for the next couple of months. So let's make sure that September is, we're going to be all right. So they, I think that's the biggest thing that they're doing right now is ensuring that our, you know, September, October, November, December, is going to be good and it's going to suck right now. And then we're going to have to pay it all back and that's going to suck. But at least we didn't die. <laughs> at least we didn't die. Exactly. Actually, the economy didn't die. Yeah. Like, I, I, I didn't mean it like that. <laughs> and, and the, the, um, the best example of the difficulty we're going to have with the supply chains is toilet paper. Now I, everyone's wondering why is that? Well, what's happened is this. People are not in their offices and businesses anymore. They're all at home. Everybody's going to the bathroom the same amount of time. But the product that's toilet paper for the commercial businesses is different than the product that you use at home. And nobody's going to want to use commercial toilet paper anymore after this. That may be true. (laughs) But if you want to to find toilet paper, go to commercial office supply. They've got plenty. They right, but the problem is you can't make the supply chain change from those rolls that are about a foot wide to the one inch wide rolls. They just can't do it. They're already doing it twenty four seven. Thank God my butt doesn't need a foot wide. Right, but the problem, <laughs> but that's going to be the issue we run into when the supply chains start opening. Yeah, absolutely. And so plan that when you're applying for the aid. If you think you need a hundred, you know whatever. You know, plan, you might need 150, but think it through, get the Excel sheet out, get the, you know, get the pad and paper out for that matter, but plan it out because liquidity, there's a lot of tools available, position yourself to be able to take care of all of them. And if you have to pay back the loans over time, it is not the worst outcome because your business will survive. 
Don't let the taxation cloud your judgment because it may be in your best long-term interest to keep your business going. Um, there was a discussion the other day um, about the owner of Junior's Cheesecake in New York City. And they, he's using, it's on with CNBC, and he was talking about using the PPE loans, not to hire his, give his people paychecks right now, but to keep that money to open up the business when it opens. And he said, I can pay them now, or I can have that money available so when I reopen, I can pay them for the rest of the next 70 years. He said, if I have to pay back the loan, that's not the worst thing. And that's what the whole program was. Yes, they're talking about forgiveness now, but the bottom line is they're trying to help businesses like his. And I think that's the kind of thinking we need to make sure we do. It's outside the box. People think- I think that might also be a little bit of a mistake because there's other loans that are coming. You just said that there's other loans. Why would you not take a forgivable loan to put money on the street now? Um, but I think you should. But in case you can't actually spend it well, still keep the money. Yeah. Even if you have to pay it back. Right. Keep it as a loan instead of a forgivable if you need yes. it. Yeah, as a grant. So, you know, um, Randy, you and I, when we first started talking about this, we had a lot, like, we had a big, big subject we were going to discuss, and we've discussed so much that I don't want to run out of time before I bring it up. Oh, no. Okay. Oh, no. So, or should we, should we not even go there and you can come back another time? I leave it to you, but I'm not sure what subject you're talking about. <laughs> okay. Well, you know. Well, on, because I have two questions I want to ask him before we, do, we drop off. So go ahead, ask him your two questions, Tim. And we just, we have a whole nother episode, right? Here. Right, well, they may be quick, they may not. So we've talked a lot about what business should be doing. We've talked a lot about, um, you know, and, and as a chamber, that's what we should be doing. What about me as an individual? What, as I'm thinking about what's going on, people getting uh, unemployment, um, some people are, are, you know, get laid off, they're leaving their job, so their 401k is open and blah, 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 blah. What should people be thinking about for the end of the year for our taxes that might be different than a normal year? Is there anything that we should be paying attention to? There's a few things that have already been passed, and there's a few things that will, um, that may be passed over the coming months, depending on how things fall out. One of those important is, uh, there's two aspects to your retirement plan and your termination of your job. Um, clearly, your retirement plan uh, may be your biggest financial asset. The problem is there's less of it than there was on December 31st. Um, so most financial advisors are saying, you know, stay the course. You know, you've already lost the money. So selling everything today is probably not a good idea. Um, so talk to your advisors about what your long-term strategies are. You know, I'm at the age that I can see the end in sight, you know, from, you know, where I need to, you know, start preserving capital. But, you know, you need to consider that maybe you start, you know, maybe, maybe you make your investments more conservative. That's one area. From a taxation standpoint, the IRS has suspended the required minimum distributions for, two, uh, for 2020. And they've done this in the past. The re RMD, required minimum distribution, is once you're 70 and a half, you need, you're required to take out a portion every year of your IRAs and in, in 401k uh, plans because the, you've deferred taxation on those assets and that growth for long enough in the IRS's viewpoint. The problem what we have now is not only did the balances go way down, you know, so people are selling 100 shares when they might have only had to sell, you know, 80 shares, and I'm using num you know, round numbers. And so what they've suspended that requirement for senior citizens to take that money out. Because if you don't take that money out, there's significant penalties and interest. So they've suspended the required minimum distribution. So if you haven't taken your RMD and you don't need it right now, postpone taking it until you do need it. Maybe you can push it off till next year because there's no point in creating income by taking the money out unless you really need the income this year. So you want to kind of, on these individual bit, um, aspects, you know, juggle. And it's a technical accounting term, but it's, you want to juggle the, you know, taking of income. If you, if you need it, take it. But if you don't need it, postpone it till January. You know, I don't know what 2021 is going to be, but for now they've suspended it for the entire year. They've also suspended, uh, I believe, the 10% early withdrawal penalties. And they're making some other elections for when you, if you do take the money out to 
recognize the income over a, a multi-year period as opposed to in the current year. If you've taken the money out to make ends meet, and many people will, you know, be mindful of the taxation because there may be benefits that didn't exist a year ago that are available to you now to sort of take out, to, uh, to, to reduce the tax bite and allow you to spread it out when, um, when, when times get better. So I did see that part of the package was that they did allow for the withdrawal of up to $100,000 without a penalty, and you can repay that over a five-year period so that, and I don't understand what that means. If you repay it, does that mean that you don't get hit with the tax penalty on it? Um, and the other thing I saw was that they increased the uh, loan limit on a 401k from 50000 to $100,000 um, or 50% of the value of the 401k. Um, so what does that mean to people? Like if you're, if you're unemployed and you're kind of hurting, is that a go, is, does that now become a go-to to get through this year and hopefully get back to it next year? What does that mean to, to someone? It kind of depends on your circumstances because if you have a 401k loan outstanding and you're terminated and you, you've separated from service, you know, that creates issues with the repayment of the loan and the recognition of income. So you, okay. want, you want to be mindful of that. Um, you want to be um, careful about taking too much out of your retirement today because this, you know, again, we're, you're selling at a down market no matter what we do. And, okay. you know, you, you want to make sure you, you leave the money in there as much of it as you can to recover. But if the difference is, and there's no other aid available or, or, you know, forbearance of mortgages or other, and you need to take it, well, then that's what you got to do. And then next year, maybe you, when you get gainfully employed again, you can up your contributions in order to start making up for, you know, withdrawals you made this year. You know, it's an individual thing. You got to see where your taxes are and see what your real needs are. Um, you might find you can cut more spending than you realize. You might still because my kids are no longer commuting to college and my parking bills from parking in the city have gone away. So my spending has actually gone down because we're all stuck at home together. So yeah, the, the dollar is definitely stretching a little bit further and, and we are definitely going to see a change in our economy um, because we're realizing how well we can actually operate. I mean, I've always made it a point. I can work wherever I need to, but I've always made it a point to get to the office every day. But with this, I, I have no need. Um, you know, I, I, I might just give up my desk and you know, <laughs> do and this. Your coworkers would miss you. No, they wouldn't. No, <laughs> not at all. Um, but um, yeah, so you mentioned um, uh, mortgage forbearance, and and uh, you know that's one thing that you know. Please, if you decide that that's what you have to have to have to do, just realize six months from now, it's all got to be paid back. You can get away with six months, but on six months in a day, you got to be you got to be whole with that mortgage company, or you're going to have problems. So, it's not a it's not a get out of jail card, get out of jail free card. All right, so yeah. my, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Get. Oh, go ahead, Randy. No, you're exactly right, um, and that's why you kind of whether it's business or personal, you got to really lay out the decisions you're making. What may make a lot of sense for this month, not paying the mortgage, could be right. just for November. And if you don't have a plan for November, as opposed to a hope, you may do yourself more harm than good. And, and, and then the possibilities for refinance are very limited if you've been in forbearance. Exactly. I mean, it, there's not going to be free lunches. I mean, Yes, some of what the, you know, all of the government programs are meant to help you along, but they still will have some interest costs. Some will need to be repaid. Even the PPP loan, if it doesn't have to be repaid, all of this spending is ultimately going to need to be repaid because our taxes are going to eventually have to pay for it. Is right. it for us today? Absolutely. Absolutely. But at some point, we're going to have to pay this back. And that's macroeconomics. Michael, right. yourself, you're going to have to pay back every break you've gotten from somebody in some way. So make your repayments the least worst alternatives 
that are available to you, taking into consideration your entire financial picture. Yeah, very well said. So now uh, my next question is a personal question because I'm looking over your resume and seeing your degrees. I found it very interesting that a CPA has a degree in physics. Tell me about that. Do you want the truth or do you yes. want comedy? <laughs> um, well, the truth is I went to Rutgers Engineering School and decided after two years, I really didn't want to be an engineer. I really wanted to be in business, but I like numbers. And my dad, my, my late father, very kindly informed me that I had four years. So if I wanted to change my major, I still had to finish the whole thing in four years. Okay. It wasn't four years in a month. So I went to economics and the physics department sat down and looked at the classes I took as part of my engineering and said, you know, you're like one or two classes from a minor in physics, which is required to graduate from Rutgers College. And I went, sold. <laughs> <laughs> so I took astrophysics and I took um, uh, physics, and tech, physics and society, which was a discussion how uh, technology affects our world and started with the atomic bomb. And lo and behold, Rutgers granted me a physics minor, uh, due to all the calculus and science and, and materials classes I took, but it's a physics minor and I was able to graduate on time, much to my father's you know, pride and pleasure, because I had no idea how I would pay for one extra class. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's that awesome. is awesome. That's awesome. So um, we are not going to get to that other subject, so I'm not going to even bring it up. Um, okay. But uh, so let me ask you a question. And this is something that we I came up with yesterday in my head. Um, Be and, afraid. What? Be afraid. Be afraid. <laughs> and I'm wondering if it's good advice or not good advice. So make sure you clearly say if it's good advice or not good advice. So nobody really listens to me if it's not good. Okay. My thought as we are moving forward is I make a plan to continue the chamber, my business, as if we're coming out and going back to the way, not back to the old normal, but back to face-to-face -face events, um, networking, golf outings, you know, big galas, that kind of stuff down the road. So I make this one plan, but I have another plan, which is how to continue if we stay like this or find ourselves in this situation again. So does it make sense to plan multiple options for your business or to just make one plan? I think it always makes sense to have multiple plans because the, you know, soldiers will tell you once the bullets start flying, the battle plans are out the window. You know, think Apollo 13, Houston, we have a problem. They improvise their way back home. And it's the 50th anniversary this month of that mission. So I would always have a backup plan. And it's a, even if it's just a mental exercise on how you uh, simulate what could go wrong, um, I think that's well said because then you can say, okay, we thought this through, what did we do? Okay, we can't do, the, we can't do breakfasts every week because there's people who are just gonna be a little hesitant, but maybe do them once a month. And so I think thinking through, because people are gonna react differently, we're all, we're social creatures. We need the, the interaction and Zoom meetings are, are, are not bad, but there's no substitute for being in a room with people. No. But people and different people are going to have different tolerances for being in a room full of people. We talked about offline, you know, working in the city and public transportation. You know, so create flexibility in your plans as, as you recover, because there are going to be differences I don't know yet what those differences are, and I don't think anybody does, but always have a plan B or a plan, you know, A, A, B, you know, so in case plan A is not working out, you can, you can improvise and create a different solution, you know, so the, again, you continue. Um, I'll close with, because I can see we're out of time. I'm reminded when you're, when you're driving a boat, you don't drive your boat for the next 10 or 15 feet in front of you. You pick a destination, you pick a waypoint, and you constantly go towards that waypoint. And you make minor corrections as you're going in order to stay on the course. If you pick a point that's too close to where you are, 
turn around and you'll see you've got all these S curves as you're going back and forth and you're wasting energy and time. So if you look along further, you know, and make minor adjustments, which is what your plan B is, I think that's the best advice for any of our business in good times or bad. Is, you know, uh, Murphy was right. You know, things, you know, when, you know, things go bad. Um, I, I've lost the quote in my mind. I apologize. <laughs> I know, but you've been so on it for the whole hour, Randy. It's been awesome. <laughs> I saw the clock and I turned into a pumpkin. I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Randy, I got to really thank you so much for joining us today. It was one of our better guests. I really appreciate the information that you've given us. Um, I, I really hope that you will consider coming back on because uh, there's there's other stuff we could I could go on for hours. Quite honestly, yeah. <laughs> um, I'm surprised that it's already 10 o'clock. But I appreciate uh, all your insights and, and uh, knowledge in this. Um, more than a, uh, it's obviously more than a CPA uh, dry presentation. So thanks. Thank you very much for the opportunity. It's been it's been fun. It's been a pleasure. And and whenever you want me to come back, I'm happy to do so. So have a great day, everybody out there. And Jennifer and Tim, uh, thank you again. Thanks. And uh, thanks so much. We forgot to mention that thank you to Ming, who's behind camera today, but he was helping us do this whole thing, posting in our chats and uh, running the boards and helping us look good and sound good for all of you. So we look forward to uh, having you join us on our Mondays and Thursdays, 1130 and four o'clock and on our next podcast, which will be on Friday, May 8th. So uh, thank you guys very much. Randy, have a great day, Tim. Missy. Thank you, everybody.